You're listening to the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network, covering and creating all things creepy. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. it is time to open up the gates. Creepy Kingdom proudly presents The Dark Theme Park Show. Hello there and welcome to The Dark Theme Park Show. I am your host, Mr. James H. Carter II. And we have a, a special episode here of The Dark Theme Park Show. We are bringing to you the audio from a very special panel that took place just a few weeks ago. It took place at Midsummer Scream's Season Screaming Convention, which is a Christmas horror Halloween convention that took place in Pasadena, California. It was an incredible presentation from Garner Holt of Garner Holt Productions who's been working in the theme park industry for 45 years. That's a lot of years. <laughs> and the focal point of this presentation is his company's work in creating Haunted Mansion Holiday. That's right, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay of Haunted Mansion that takes place in Disneyland and Tokyo Disneyland. During this panel, uh, there are some slides that the audience is able to see, but generally speaking, these are slides of scenes from Haunted Mansion Holiday, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you have experienced the attraction or watched at least watched uh, ride-through videos or seen photos if you haven't been able to make it out to Disneyland during the time of year that this overlay is in full swing. But plenty of tidbits, uh, plenty of awesome behind-the-scenes facts and information. So cool. At the end of the presentation, there's a great Q&A. Pretty much every person's question was great, which is not always the case with Q&As. The first question is, of course, our pal Gabe from Theme Park Duo. So I want to give a shout-out to him for uh, kicking it off there. But yeah, let's uh, let's let's get this whole shebang started. Let's check out this panel. Um, before I go for this episode, just want to mention that we have some more dark theme park show episodes in the works coming at you very soon. We've been on a little bit of hiatus, but dark theme park show is back officially as of this episode. So we just wanted to get this one out during the holidays. Uh, so that you could uh, take in all the Haunted Mansion holiday goodness. So, let's open the gates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season Screamings. In 2001, an elaborate overlay came to Disneyland's Haunted Mansion based on Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, leaving guests asking, what's this? 20 years later, Haunted Mansion Holiday has become a fan favorite and has been such a success, it is replicated at Tokyo Disneyland each year as well. Please welcome one of the creative designers that helped bring Haunted Mansion Holiday to life, 
themed entertainment industry legend, Gardner Holt. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. A great crowd here. I'm always happy when more than five people show up for my speeches. <laughs> so I'm real happy today. Um, thank you for coming. Uh, so I'm Garner Holt, and uh, I'm the president and founder of Garner Holt Productions, which is a company in Redlands, California. Um, we build animatronic figures and ride and show systems and uh, ride and show elements for attractions all over the world. We've, uh, we're the largest animatronic company in the world. We've built over 400 uh, animatronic figures for the Disney parks worldwide, uh, some of which include uh, Maleficent, the Phantasmic Dragon, Snowman and the Matterhorn, um, Buzz Lightyear, Nemo, Monsters, Mermaid, all kinds of things. And uh, in, in, in uh, parks all over the world, as well as other parks, Universal Parks, and um, we also um, have, uh, um, we work in a lot of larger parks in Europe and that type of thing. Anybody here been to Chuck E. Cheese in their entire life? Raise their hand. <laughs> We've done over four, or actually, no, 526 Chuck E. Cheese shows worldwide. So, <laughs> yeah, Chuck E. would be proud to hear that applause, I'm sure. This all started basically um, as a, when, when I was a, a, a kid, probably 12 years old, I, I kind of grew up on like a farm with horses and my parents wa wanted me to be a, a horseman and a veterinarian. And uh, until I saw the Osmonds tour this place called the Haunted Mansion on TV in one afternoon and I f flipped out because I loved the movie monsters, I loved I loved uh, the Munsters, and I wanted their house, and so I built little haunted houses in the backyard, and my, I heard about the Haunted Mansion. I'd never been there, and I asked my parents, can you take me to this Disneyland and see the Haunted Mansion, and so they did. That was a fatal mistake that they made. <laughs> fatal mistake. <laughs> um, I, I, at that point, had been on a horse since two days after I was born until I was about 10 years old, and I put horses behind me and I said, I want to build theme park rides. I still to this day remember leaning over the back seat of the car saying, I want to build the haunted mansion when I grow up. And um, just like it was yesterday. So I started experimenting when I, early on with theme park rides in the backyard. I wanted to build the Pirates of the Caribbean. So this, uh, actually my parents bought me the record, uh, the haunted mansion record, and I would play it over and over and over again. Um, this is one of my early attempts at a pirate uh, uh, ride thing. So this was, uh, that's me in the boat and my friends getting ready to launch me down the ramp into a muddy pit. And uh, um, that grew to a point to where I nearly broke a, a child's legs in the boat and uh, my parents stopped that. So I said, well, what can I do that isn't endangering the lives of the children in the neighborhood and they said well my dad will help you dad will help you build a little shack so I designed um, I'm splashing down so but um, so this was my first haunted house um, it was about the size of a bathroom and it had a couple of rooms that was my drawing of it my dad uh, helped me build this little shack out in the backyard and uh, this is the floor plan you know it has the uh, the important dead man, and then there's a guillotine and a skull, I think, something like that. Newspaper came out, saw it, 
everything went crazy. 400 people showed up and started raining. And later on, one of the malls in San Bernardino called me and said, you did a cool haunted house we saw in the paper. Could you do one for the mall? And I said, well, sure I can. I can do anything. So um, this was in the paper. Um, this was in my garage where I was trying to sculpt masks and creatures and things. And uh, so um, experimenting with animation. So in order to build my first haunted house, I, I, um, I, with my parents, I, I told them I needed to do something to work for the mall. So this, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm 16 in this picture. We bought for $400 a, a burned out construction trailer that had burned and I replaced it uh, with all the walls and things and I made a haunted house. Uh, my mom actually had to drive me to work every day at the haunted house because I didn't have a license yet. But, um, but this was the haunted house and there's the proud owner. Um, and as you can see, that's, I look really good just like that. Um, <laughs> so that's my haunted house, Garnerholt's Haunted House of Mystery. And um, it was a big hit at the mall. Look at that queue. Isn't that amazing? So it was like that all the time. So I had people going through there. So other malls started to see that and say, well, can you build us one? So sure. You know, I did that. And um, that was the beginning of Garner Hole Productions. And um, did a lot of uh, uh, mall stuff for, for years in the early, uh, late 70s, early 80s. And... Uh, then I wanted more than anything, that's the Mall of Orange Haunted House there, me as a pirate. And uh, I wanted more than anything to, there's some of the artwork of the, the organist, Ludwig the organist, and him jumping out of his seat. And there's the actual piece itself, and then he'd spin around and fly across the room at you. And uh, that was some of my early animation. That was one of my first animated figures I ever built that were pneumatic. And uh, so I really wanted to get into animatronics, which was my dream. So that's myself in the family room with my first Uncle Sam figure that I built, which is the first human figure I built. Um, I was going to school that morning. To I was in a junior in high, or a sophomore in high school. Um, I didn't, I didn't uh, have any money to get metal to make the legs and the arms. So those are pieces of my dad's fences that I sawed off with a hacksaw that were in the backyard around the horses. And uh, so I cut up pieces unbeknownst to them and made metal parts. And so I built an Uncle Sam and uh, uh, learned how to do some electronic controls for it. And that was Uncle Sam coming together. And then uh, this was him uh, debuting in a show in the mall in a little stage I built out of plywood. And uh, that was uh, one of the mall shows. It got in National Geographic World magazine and a couple other magazines, Current Science, and then things started taking off. Well, one thing led to another. Um, I got a tape of it to... Um, I got a tape of it to... Uh, there's, yeah, the second Uncle Sam there, uh, built a year later, and then it was a little more sophisticated... And uh, that was a piece of my office in the garage that I put together. Started selling hands. Everybody has them now, but back in those days, nobody had them. And I was one of the first that started selling hands all over, the, chopped off hands all over the world, and, and, uh, which was kind of fun. Kept the business going. Um, uh, I don't know how that girlfriend talked me into that perm, but that sucks. But, um, but anyhow, so I sent my picture of my film of Uncle Sam to Disney, they called, we ended up developing a relationship and 
one thing led to another. I started doing things for them. And one of the first things, I started working on parade floats. I started working on store displays. And then an idea came up for the Haunted Mansion holiday, which was surreal to me because this is the Haunted Mansion I dreamed of as a child that, you know, that I wanted to build haunted man, the, build the Haunted Mansion. And now somebody was coming to me saying, would you like to come in this place and tear it all apart and help us do something really different with it? I like, really? Um, so um, they decided to choose me to do this show with them. I didn't design the show. Steve Davidson, number of brilliant Disney people. And so many of the decorations and things were done by them. I don't want to, you know, I can't take credit for it. Uh, most everything that you'll see here today, if you're familiar with the show, is things that I did. We did, I should say, my company. So this is the load-in card in the, uh, in the Grand Hall, or I mean in the load-in area. And uh, so uh, this is what it looked like going together in the shop. A bunch of scaffolding with a bunch of figures starting to appear on it. I assume most of you have seen the Haunted Mansion Holiday, I guess. Um, so, <laughs> so this is uh, some of the figures in the uh, in that um, card. Um, each one is separate and had its own animation, little gags and things like that. Um, there's the the Sally one. Um, they were aluminum flats, you know, they were painted, and they had uh, various animation. This is what one of them looks like. I guess that's Sally there from behind. Excuse me, the uh, animatronic parts of it. And then uh, there's uh, the doctor, and uh, his head says Noel when it opens up. This is looking at it from the back where you can see where it's cut out there, and it opens up. And so these are, uh, this is painting black light. So we did this show in Tokyo as well. Um, three years later, they, um, Tokyo Mansion, they wanted it kind of just like the one in um, California. So um, this was in the black light shop painting these anybody recognize any other figures in there um i think we have the way back in the back i think that's the box of bot back there from buzz lightyear um there's the uh famous shattering windows um that's uh getting ready to paint the frames there is a hidden mickey in all of them if any of you have noticed um, I'm not going to tell you where it is, but you can watch for it when you're there. This is one of them for the back. Um, this is the, the glass here and uh, putting together the uh, stained glass. You can see the detail there, um, putting together the frames. Uh, there's the singing plants. Those are my favorites on their uh, stand. And they're in the conservatory and then also in the, in the hallway. Um, really cool. I think this is them getting ready to be painted there. So this is kind of putting them all together. Some of the mechanics, um, close up of the mechanics that make them swivel and everything. Um, so there they are. Um, and their stands, um, those are really fun to make. I really like those. Um, so we have, uh, that's me programming in the mansion, I think, uh, sitting at a table one night, um, programming stuff. Um, there's the wreath in the hallway, and uh, there's the wreath on the floor in the shop, I guess. Um, there's uh, putting all the foliage on there, and um, it's a pretty big wreath. Looks like it's eating someone there. 
Um, there's the big Christmas tree in the Grand Hall um, that has spiders and uh, that, that travel up and down on little webs and things. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's no secret to all of you there that in the Grand Hall where the ghosts are that it's a Pepper's ghost effect. There are great big giant panes of glass there. And um, we were told in no uncertain terms that you know, this tree is assembled its big giant metal limbs that are covered with material and when we were assembling it it's they're 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 big and they're heavy and they're steel and we were within two feet of panes of glass that they told us in no uncertain terms you break this glass and uh it's about a million dollars worth of glass and um so don't do that and i said okay we'll so we stayed really away from the glass but um it uh it was a really neat neat piece and uh that's one of the spiders holding the holding the christmas bulbs and uh there's all the candles that go on the tree um there's the tree getting produced with putting all the material on the on the the um steel and uh there's the uh, the scroll. You see Garner Holt on there. You know, it's really funny, but the person who made that, see, at the time, Garner Holt Productions wasn't very well known, but they knew there was Garner Holt worked on the Haunted Mansion. So I'm the only one that had the, my name on there twice. Everybody had their first name, and the person who printed this said they thought there was a Garner and there was a Holt. So they said, I'm going to put Garner's name and I'm going to put Holt's name, too. So, um, so that was cool. I had both my names on there, so... Um, then there's Pumpkin Mountain. Um, this was in our backyard of the shop, um, putting the pumpkins onto the, the big Pumpkin Mountain. And uh, as you can see, it's pretty good size. Made in a couple pieces so we could haul it in there. Um, this, these pictures, another surreal thing about this is these photos were taken about a week before or about two weeks before 9-11 happened and every time I see these photos I'm like you know brings me back to that time you know which is very strange but because um, we loaded it in in uh, um, you know the, the end of September in uh, 2001 so there it is uh, back inside the shop where it's getting final paint and everything's getting touched up ready to go um, there's Jack, um, apparently without his dentures. Um, we have uh, Zero there off to the side of him. And uh, that's uh, some of the skeleton, uh, the mechanics, you know, inside the head, I believe. There's Oogie Boogie with his spinning wheel and uh, um, bag of bugs. And he's uh, pretty, pretty animated. He was a lot of fun to do pulls the lever and and then you get a prize as you go by the the uh, mirrors which uh, oh there's the sculpt that was in the sculpt room of uh, Oogie the original sculpt that was kind of neat and there's the big bag of bugs himself that's building the spinning wheel um that's uh was it kind of a, a nice piece and then here's the uh uh, overlays that went over the existing mirrors that are in the 
unload area to where you can see the different prizes that you win of Oogie's spinning wheel. And um, I think that's some of the prizes there that uh, we developed for inside the... That's kind of a neat shot, just getting them all ready to go uh, ship, ship down the park. And then, uh, yeah, there's one of the gifts, the spooky gifts, which was a Christmas sock. And um, so there's about, I don't know how many years later, I don't know if it was probably more than 10 years later, we were asked to put in um, Sally across from Jack. That always been intended, but um, it uh, um, just got delayed. And so that's her. We did the gravestone and we did uh, Sally there. And she blinks her eyes and her leg flips up in the back. She kind of pines for Jack. She's st staring at Jack, wishing that uh, she was with him. And uh, so there's the Tokyo house and a lot of the stuff on the outside there um, were things that we did. And I think that's the end of the slideshow. So um, I'm not checking anything here other than my time. I'm not looking at, uh, so I got 3.38. So I'm supposed to go till four o'clock. So we got about uh, 20 minutes here. So I'm going to uh, um, talk just a little bit more about Mansion. It was, as I say, very surreal, uh, very amazing thing to have been involved in. Um, in those days, we just kind of, the whole team went in there, spent a month in there, you know, in the attic, the real attic, in the bowels of the basements, everything. We got to see everything, do everything, anywhere we wanted, just over and all night, overnight. Um, you know, it's just amazing. You know, I'm still can't tell you how strange that was as a child dreaming of that place and then getting to have the run of it in a sense, you know. But um, they were a pleasure to work with. Um, Disney's a great company and we were proud and pleased to be able to do these things for them. Great team, great creative team. They developed all this stuff. They did all the artwork and then that for it. We just basically built what they tell us to build. That's how a lot of things that we do. People say to us all the time, do you, you know, do you come up with all this stuff? And, you know, in some cases we do. We have a creative department. People come to us and say, you know, we want a dark ride. Okay, what do you want? Well, we want a themed dark ride like pirates. Okay, after that, what do you want? We don't know. You tell us. So that's cool. That's fun to go do that. Um, cookie cutter stuff is fun too. You know, I mean, it's nice to have a continuous source of income like Chuck E. Cheese. Build 32 Chuck E. Cheeses every three months or four months for 20 years. Um, you know, that. You know, I have Chucky standing in my shop, and when people come in, I say, pay homage to this figure. He bought this building. Um, <laughs> so Chucky has an honorary spot in my shop. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to have things that are cookie cutter. And then it's, it's also nice to have companies come to you and throw down a stack of blueprints this thick and say... Everything is here. You do exactly what we want you to do here, down to the color of the nuts and bolts, you know. And we say, okay, this is how much that'll cost, and we'll just go do it. And so it, it is the diversity of that is really great. Um, I've had a lot of, uh, 
I get that a lot with private customers. I have some customers out in Malibu and LA. There's one fellow that has uh, about 12 or $13 million worth of animation in his basement. He just likes animatronics and he just keeps buying toys from us, you know. And, and a lot of times, a uh, house in Malibu out there, one of them, um, they didn't know what they wanted. They said, let's just, I, wanna, I want stuff that scares people in my house. And I said, well, what do you want? And he says, I don't know. And I said, what's your budget? And he says, I don't care. And I said, well, you know, so I started to think, what would I want in my house, you know, if I had a house and an unlimited budget? So I said, well, you need a wolf that attacks people at the front door. They ring the doorbell, the wall rattles and bulges, it flies open, and the wolf flies out and attacks people, and chains pulling back, and he's drooling snot, and he's spitting on you. And, and uh, he said, okay, I'll take it. And I said, <laughs> and I said, well, you need a creature that jumps out of the planter and uproots a palm tree and then flies up and spits on people right by the pool and knocks everybody into the pool. And he said, okay, I'll take that. And we have an alien, and the, you know, so it goes on and on and on. And uh, we, um, years ago, we did Michael Jackson's house, um, in Never, a place in San Ynez. They called it Neverland. And um, he wanted, uh, you know, Indians and pirates and birds and monsters. And so we did, uh, we, so we do a lot of things for um, private individuals, Digma Dyke, people like that. Um, we have uh, do a lot retail, themed retail. Um, don't do haunted houses anymore. I don't. I don't really. We kind of veered away from anything that had to do with liability um, with people. You know, it touches people, and we stop scaring people into the point where they fall into a pool and things like that. You know, I stood there watching the gentleman do this to people, and I thought we're going to get sued and lose our lives here. But um, so, uh, but it's a lot of fun and. In any case, we do things for the military. So you saw some things in the area of Camp Pendleton that um, that the soldiers get trained and they run through and they run into terrorists and the terrorists can pull knives on them and the terrorists can get shot and they fall down on their backs and they die and they pop back up and come alive again and they throw grenades at you and, and they can shoot at you and you can shoot at them. And, you know, it's, it's crazy, but it trains soldiers, which is important. You know, you send these kids overseas and they don't know what they're going to, and these, these help with the training. So um, a lot of weird things like that. Um, but all in all, it's great to do things that uh, entertain, educate, inform, make people happy. Um, but it is a dream come true. I've lived a dream come true. Um, never spent a single day in college. I tested out of high school when I was in my junior year. Never even went to my senior year. So anybody out there that thinks that they have to spend half their life in college to get anywhere, I, you know, I would say, you know, love what you do, passion, work on it day and night, you know, live the dream, never give up, keep going. I ran into obstacles that, you know, people would just stop. You know, I, I quick story, and then I'll take questions. So first figure I built, Uncle Sam, I needed eyes. I, didn't, I tried over and over and over to make eyes, painting wood, painting wooden balls. Couldn't work, didn't work, didn't work. Got worse and worse and worse, and I thought, okay. I'll just find the people that make eyes for people. So I looked in the phone book, ocularist, Don Kluge, San Bernardino ocularist, called him up. I said, I need some eyes for my figure. How much are they? And he says, you know, we talk a little bit. He said, oh, they're about $1,500 a piece. It's about $3,000 for a pair. And uh, I'm like, well, that's 10 times the budget of my entire project. You know, I cannot do that. And he says, well, I'll tell you what. He says, I won't sell them to you, but 
come on down here on weekends and talk to me. And he says, maybe I can teach you to make them. So I went down there. I spent a whole year riding my bike to his shop while I was building things. And I learned how to make ocular quality eyes. In fact, I used to wear a little coat and I would help him fit patients with them. And uh, so that was an obstacle. You know, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't solve it overnight. It took a year or more to solve it, but I'm better for it now. You know, it, it, it gets you to the final goal, whatever it takes, no matter how long it takes to get over that, that obstacle. Um, so that's kind of been the story of my life. It's just persevering through pitfalls of which I've had a thousand of them. We're, I'm doing a book. We're gonna have a book soon. Maybe you'll all hopefully be able to read some of the great stories that, that I've been through, but, um, I'm no smarter than anybody else. I'm no more money than anybody else. I just love what I do and want to keep doing it as long as, you know, good Lord lets me do it. So I will um, gladly take questions. I think, um, I think I've got about 15 minutes here for questions until, yeah, 3.45. I'm in good shape. So um, how do we want to do this? Do you want to just, uh, um, is somebody going to hold the mic to the uh, people or? Oh, there you are. Okay, good. Um, yeah, anybody? Anybody have a question or want to start out? Uh, yes. If you had the ability to add or change anything to Haunted Mansion Holidays, and it would be totally up to you, you know, Disney didn't really have... They, they came to you and said, what would you want to do? What would you change or add to the, that attraction? What would I add if I had the ability to? Add or change. Whatever uh, your heart desires. I'm not. I'm having trouble understanding. It's a little muffled. If you wanted to change or add anything to the Haunted Mansion holidays, yeah. and it was up to you, what would you do? Put more animatronics in it. <laughs> Thank you for the sound. That's better. I can hear better now. Um, um, well, no, you know, there's in uh, Tokyo they have a few more Jacks and a few more Sallies and that type of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think anything can be plussed like that. I would have, you know, more gags and more figures and, you know, um, it's, a, it's a great show, you know, the way it is now. Um, I love the, love the design, love the music, I love the story, everything else. I know there's a lot of purists that want the Haunted Mansion to be there the whole time, but, you know, um, you know, a lot of people forget Disney, Disneyland is a business. And, you know, when about time we did holiday, you know, the lines weren't that, the queues weren't that great at the mansion. You get on in 20 minutes, you know, and they put the holiday show in and now the queues are, you know, hour and a half long. So um, they need to make people happy and get them through there. So, you know, it's not so bad having it that way for a couple months, you know, of the year, I don't think. So um, next question. Out of the thousands of animatronics you've created, which one were you the most proud of? I get that question a lot. And so it's, I always tell everybody it's by era. It's, it's almost like by decade. You know, the, the Uncle Sam was the first one I did that got me a lot of attention. And then I did a unicycle rider character that rode a unicycle called Wendell. I marched into an office at MGM in Las Vegas and in front of the chairman of the board and said, this is what I can do. If I can do this, I can build the figures in your theme park. And he agreed. So Wendell got me my first theme park job. And then Jack Skellington was the first time a, 
uh, Disney had ever allowed somebody to build a high-end animatronic figure and put it in a classic theme park attraction. So that meant everything to me. Um, the Fantasmic Dragon, um, she was a, I won't say the word, but, um, <laughs> but um, that was a milestone. Um, working on the cars, cars at uh, Radiator Springs, doing 12 cars, that was a milestone. So kind of by decade, uh, Chucky, I mean, that changed the, the direction of the company. And so, so all of those figures I just suggested, you know, by decade are probably my favorites and best. Next question. Um, what like is like the weirdest like request you have gotten for an animatronic? Say that again. The weirdest what for an animatronic? Like a request. Requ Any <laughs> 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 children in the room? <laughs> uh, no, I'm and I'm serious. Uh, I'm. I'm serious. No. Um, there are people doing things like that out there right now, but I was asked many, many years ago to make very, you know, fully functional human beings um, that people wanted, and they had a lot of money to pay for them. And uh, I, just, I just couldn't do it because um, I thought to myself, you know, there's a lot of money here, but I don't want to wake up one day and have somebody at Disney go, you do what? <laughs> and then no more Disney or Universal, or anybody, you know? So, um, yeah, a lot of really strange things. And uh, a lot of times people are very unrealistic about what animatronics cost. It's very, it's very, uh, well, there goes the clicker, I don't need it. Um, they, uh, you know, people call me and say, what does an animatronic cost? And I'll say, what? What does an animatronic cost? And, it, it, you know, that question is like, I, and I'll say, I'll turn it around on them. I learned how to do this. I say, what does a car cost? And they'll say, well, yeah, well, what kind of car? What do you mean? Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. You know, is it a go-kart? Is it a Volkswagen? Is it a Mercedes? Is it a Rolls-Royce? Well, how much does a human figure cost? Well, we've sold humans for $30,000, and we've sold several humans that are over a million dollars, depending on the bells and whistles. Do you want power windows, power brakes? You know, everything that goes with it. Is it, you know, what is it going to do? Ride a unicycle, tap dance, or is this going to lie there and blink its eyes? You know, so once people get past that and figure out, because they're very labor-intensive and a lot of creativity and everything, so it's, it's hard sometimes to have people understand what they cost, but most of the people go away when they find out what they cost. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've had a lot of uh, people ask for a lot of really strange things, and I could probably write a book about that. But um, next question. You talked about some of your favorite projects over the years and how Haunted Mansion was a dream project for you when you were a kid. I'm wondering if, having done all the thousands of projects you've done now, if there's any withstanding dream projects that you still have or any properties that you like would love to tackle if the opportunity arose? Um, believe it or not, I, I've, never, I've never done anything for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I've sold Disney parts for that, but I've never actually had any figures that. All those pirate shows were built when I was a teenager or a child, you know. The, well, this one out here was built when I was seven years old. Pardon me? I'm trying my best. Pardon me? Oh, um, so I think that, uh, um, you know, that'd be you know, fun to do something like that. But we did do a pirate show this last year 
in Germany, which was an entire Pirates of the Caribbean. We did 68 figures for it, so it wasn't a Pirates of the Caribbean like at Disneyland, but the Pirate Show was really cool. Um, so I don't know. There's, I mean, I'd like to build some giant attractions and continue to do that kind of stuff. And you know, um, one thing that I have to mention real quick is our education department. Our education department is fabulous. We love. Um, we, we we did a thing called uh, it's it's called uh, Garner Holt Education through Imagination, and we have a separate building now. And we have what we call. Everybody's heard of uh, maker spaces, right? So there's maker spaces where you can go in a room and build things and invent. But well, we have what's called animaker spaces. And you can build an entire anima animatronic figure, a parrot or a bird or something, in one of our animaker spaces. And we're putting these in schools all over the country. We're already to Florida. And uh, we're, we're going like great guns, putting these in schools, and kids are learning how to build figures. They're learning about career paths. In my building, there's about 50 career paths, about 50 different careers in there, everything from writing and sculpting and the plastics and mechanical and computers and coding. So kids are learning how to do this in a small way in a little mini Garner Holt Productions. And so we're spreading these all over, and it's going great guns, and it's working really good. I was really concerned about my legacy and what I would do. You know, I, I got to thinking, I mean, I, I just, I just turned 61 and I know I've got some time left, but I wanted to, you know, I got to thinking, you know, I've done this for 45 years, you know, how am I going to end my life? Am I going to be sitting at a table building tiki birds, you know, and like I was when I was a teenager or, you know, or what, but I've latched onto this, this, uh, educational thing. And kids and adults, even we're even putting them, even starting to develop one for colleges. But um, you can build animatronic figures and program them, do all kinds of fun stuff. Um, that's just opened a whole new thing for me. That's like my love right now is to get all these kids that love. You know, I used to give tours of the shop. Kids come through and they go out with a smile and they have the same smile on their face that I did when I left Disneyland that day, and they just light up. And it's like, how cool is that? I'm gonna get everybody else in the animatronics so that's that's one of my loves right now so yeah hi so i have a pre-question to my real question okay i'm with the college would you ever consider teaching at cal arts <laughs> it's quite a drive from where i am but i don't know about the time i'd have but yeah. i'm kind of open to discussing anything i mean i i might speak or have some connection to that i've i'm on a lot of boards and do different things it just a lot of it has to pertains to how much time I need to invest in it and what I'm doing at the time. I'm doing a lot of things, but thank you for even suggesting such a thing. Cal Arts, started by the Disney family, is a um, wonderful place. And uh, anything, if you tie the Disney family to it, it's something I'm interested in right off the bat. So, uh, yeah, uh, maybe. But what's your question? Um, I don't know how much this is a you question or a WDI question, but given that the Tokyo Mansion is a carbon copy of Orlando's, what's keeping y'all from doing the overlay in Florida? Um, well, that's been talked about for a long, long time. But, you know, uh, Disneyland out here is kind of a different situation than Florida. Florida is more of a worldwide destination resort, you know, where people are coming from all over and staying there for a certain amount of time. And, you know, for many years, the mansion itself was new to everybody because they were coming from places all over the world and nobody'd seen it before. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the it's gone both ways. You know, there's arguments for and against doing it. And, 
you know, I love to have them do it. I, I'm a proponent. I would, I would, I, I'm on the positive side of that because there's probably a good chance that we get to be involved. So um, I would hope. So um, I hope they do it. That'd be great. I don't know. I haven't heard anything lately. But it gets talked about all the time. How's it going? My name is Anthony. Uh, I have a single out right now called My Ops Go. So I'm into like the spooky soundtrack mm-hmm. to the animatronics. But my question is, is that uh, you spoke a little bit about what you would consider to be off limits. But would you get into the whole futuristic artificial intelligence aspect of it to help out the future of the America or whatever it may be? Yeah, I, I, I mean, AI is something we're dabbling with a little bit and then we're interested in, but, uh, you know, I'm not, as long as it's not something that's, you know, that hurts people or whatever. Uh, I have to mention, in my haunted house, you, know, you saw the chopped off arm. That's as gory as I ever got. Um, in all of my haunted houses, I had no gore, no blood. It was always, I wanted to do the Disney-like thing. Could they have this in Disneyland? Would they have, it was all about monsters and creatures and creative things and animatronics. It was never about gore or blood or anything like that. And that was real important to me. And so that's kind of the path I followed. So when you say, you know, things that I do and don't do and, you know, when you talk about things that other things is, but AI and things that are futuristic and, you know, going off in other directions like that and music and that, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in that as long as it's not, you know, doesn't get into like weird stuff, you know, that I don't know, I don't know what you'd all consider weird stuff, but what I consider weird stuff. But anyhow, that answer your question. Yeah. How's our time? Two minutes? Okay, I got two minutes for a couple more questions. Uh, two, two more questions, maybe. Um, are they getting around enough to everybody? I don't know. Yeah, hi, uh, uh, another lifelong Mansion fan. I was wondering if you could give us your impression of the backstage of the Haunted Mansion. Um, I've always wondered what it looked like, you know, as a industri- writer. Industrial, uh, you know, hallways that are white with handrails on the staircases and just, you know, you're in a hospital corridor, um, you know. A lot of those are used as egress uh, for emergencies. So if any of you had the good fortune to have had the thing, um, you know, stop and had to unload, you may have had to walk through some of those halls and that. There, there's not much. Uh, it's 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 a nice, you know, big, well-made building. And and uh, when you go off stage, all the spookiness stops. It just becomes uh, rooms of doors and hallways and things. Uh, but and tile, <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, next question, last one, I guess. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, I just want to say um, to thank you for everything you've done uh, for years and years and years. Years I've been riding uh, many of your rides and attractions. I never knew who to thank. <laughs> so I think I'm sure on behalf of many people here, I'd like to thank you for that. Uh, first off, um, <clears throat> with your 46 years, and as you mentioned, you've seen this. Um, animatronics grow and you've contributed obviously to a lot of that uh, what do you see I think leading in kind of going off of the question previously about AI or whatever you might see um, what is the next kind of advancement you see in, in the industry of animatronics and what can we look forward to on, on future rides I guess I mean without <laughs> giving away anything proprietary or anything like that of course but 
you know, yeah. what would you think uh, is the next great leap in, in animatronics? Well, we're, we're working on a lot of different things, and I know others are too, you know, and we're, we're, we're you know, I, I tell people this occasionally, they visit the shop, and they kind of ask a similar question. I'll say, well, you know, the figures that you see here, I mean, they're various animated figures, various creatures, monsters, whatever, ghosts or pirates or whatever. Um, you know, I usually tell people, you know, they say, well, what are your goals ultimately for animatronics? And I, and I usually tell them, well, you know, we consider it kind of like a magic trick. It's a mechanical magic trick, and um, we want to fool people. You know, we want people. I've had I fooled a lot of people, and it makes me feel really good. People, you see our unicycle rider and walk up, and they they say, oh man, you know, when I walked in the building, I thought that was a real person up there, and I stood up here for a few minutes, and it's like, wow, that's not real, and that makes me feel really good. And you know, so I tell people, just like yourself, you know, someday you walk into Garner Hole Productions and you sign in, and you know, you maybe say a few words to the receptionist and then you know i come out and then uh, suddenly you realize that the receptionist that you've been talking to isn't a real person um you know that's that's that would be cool <laughs> that would be cool um if we could take it to that level we're doing a lot of things with ai a lot of things with tracking visual tracking facial recognition um, communications um, all kinds of things so maybe someday the auctioneer and the pirate ride, you know, instead of just, or a pirate that you pass, instead of just waving his sword around saying, I am ATs, you know, whatever, you know, he'll look at you and say, ah, you in the red shirt, you step up here and I'll, you know, cut your gizzard or whatever, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, where there's engagement. And I think there's a lot of that coming to where, you know, the, the figures in the rides will know who you are and they'll know your name. They'll know, you know, about you and you can, they'll actually engage you to some degree. Um, Interactivity is a big thing in theme parks nowadays. So that's not untrue for animatronics or anything. So, so that's it for me, I guess. So um, thank you. Thank you for, it's been a pleasure talking to all of you. Thank you very much. And uh, have a good day. Enjoy the theme parks. <laughs> This podcast has been a production of the Creepy Kingdom Podcast Network. Executive produced by James H. Carter II and Ryan Grulick. Visit creepykingdom.com to get access to all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. Join our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash creepykingdom. Until next time, this is Hannah reminding you to keep it creepy. (laughs) 